MailChimp presents. Say you're the head of marketing strategy for a small clothing store. You've perfected digital communication with your loyal customers, and now you want to expand into brick and mortar locations. But you haven't totally perfected your segmentation strategy. And double checking the right emails are sent to the right customers just takes so much time. Intuit MailChimp can help. With Intuit MailChimp's automation and segmentation tools, personalizing each email based on individual behaviors is made easy. Intuit MailChimp allows you to share your new product launch with VIP customers who follow every release, run a targeted campaign for more seasonal buyers, and send out location-specific emails to promote your store openings among your new neighbors. They'll take care of your marketing needs so you can take care of your customers' needs. Start refining your email marketing strategy today with Intuit MailChimp, the number one email marketing and automations brand. Based on competitor brands' publicly available data on worldwide numbers of customers in 2021 and 2022. Availability of features and functionality vary by plan, which are subject to change. This is Going Through It, a show about women who found themselves in situations where they said, nope, mm-mm, not today, and they made a decision to make a change and turn something around. I am your host, Tracy Clayton. If you've ever been on Twitter on a Sunday, then you might already be familiar with today's guest, Angela Davis. Not talking about the activist Angela Davis. She is not on Twitter because she has sense that I apparently do not have. But... This Angela Davis is a chef who is making space online for other self-made cooks who are trying to navigate the whole culinary world. One of the ways that she brings people together is with the hashtag KitchenEastaSundays, where Angela encourages people to trade recipes and most importantly, pictures. Pictures of their beautifully, perfectly roasted chicken, extra, extra cheesy baked mac and cheese, oxtails. Ugh, it kind of feels like a Sunday dinner, but on the internet. But before she was a super successful chef, Angela remembers the moment where everything changed for her. It started when she was a corporate accountant. There was a happy hour at work every Friday. You know, there was a lot of socializing that came along with this career. So I felt like an adult for the first time. This was her first job job, like official job. She was proud. She felt secure. She felt excited. She was just on her grind. I liked that there were like these, you know, milestones. Like I was looking for the next promotion and looking towards my next performance review. It was always like, how can I get to the next level? How can I make my next salary jump? How can I get a bonus? And she needed this job because at the time she had a school-aged little boy and she was a single mom. So you already know it was real out there. Then, just like that. I was terminated. I didn't get much of an explanation. There was, like, no encouraging words to, you know, as I left. It, I just, I, it was just like I was, I was, I was done. No explanation given. Just put your stuff in a box and get out. They had somebody at my desk by that Monday that they had already been training. You know, I was rocked. I was humiliated. It felt like I had just done all of this work and for so many years thinking that, Eventually, I would be rewarded in some way, and it just felt like it was all for nothing. I shut down, you know, emotionally. I I just, instead of jumping on all of these things, 
I did nothing, you know, like I, I laid on the couch for four weeks because I, I couldn't function. And while she was laid up on the couch, Angela did what many of us would probably do, binge watch TV. I didn't have cable, so I was watching the cooking shows on PBS. Uh, America's Test Kitchen was one of them. It was almost like I was 18 again, and I was just fascinated by everything involving food, and I wanted to learn, and like, that's when I fell in love with food again. Angela went into survival mode and did what needed to be done. Even though she didn't want to, even though it was embarrassing, she called her mom. She wasn't understanding why it was, like, why is this, it was just this crisis, and she's not understanding the full picture. So I had to tell her that I was also pregnant, um, and that's why this was such a big deal. Like, I just lost my job, I'm having a baby, um, I'm a single mother, like, I needed help. And the only place that I knew to go was, was to go home. So Angela packed up her little Toyota Corolla, full of all the stuff that she couldn't or wouldn't sell on Craigslist. She was pregnant, she had her son in the back seat, and she started driving to her brand new home, her parents' house. I was just more embarrassed than anything else that I was, you know, 30 years old and having to move back home and with my parents because I lost my job. That moment, it felt like Maybe this is like where healing can start and now I can look forward to my pregnancy and figure out what this life is going to be with um, with two children. So once Angela was able to get her bearing, she started a food blog called The Kitchenista Diaries and it took off. Now, her recipes have been written about by USA Today and Essence Magazine. She's contributed to The Washington Post and Shondaland, which is a major flex. She's partnered with major brands. I mean, she is just unstoppable. Sometimes we don't move in a new direction intentionally, right? Sometimes we're pushed. And that, friends and family, is what Angela, the Kitchenista Davis, and I sat down to talk about. Also, baked macaroni and cheese. Um, okay, that was a lot. You went through a lot. So just let me let me make sure I got this right. So you had a son, you were pregnant with a new baby, and you lost your job? I was I was fired. Yeah. Why? You know, it took me a long time to actually say that I was fired. For years after I think I used like more passive language, like I lost my job oh. or um you know, my position was terminated. But I was fired. Um I I knew that my performance was slipping. I thought I would be able to get ahead of it mm. and look for a job on my own and leave on my own accord. The way that it happened, it was hurtful. I'm already a single mother, so I was there was a lot of like guilt and shame that I was experiencing with that because it was this is something that I've already been through and now I did it again. Like what what am I doing with my life right now? Um, you know, those kind of questions were just kind of running through my head. And I I couldn't move. You know, I think I, I binge-watched, like, Grey's Anatomy from season one all the way through the end. Oh, and it's like a hundred seasons of Grey's Anatomy. I could Anatomy. not function. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, that was, and that was always, like, my thing. Like, when th- when my life, like, falls apart completely, like, I, I don't know what it is about Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. but that that is, like, my my safe place. Yeah. Um, Mine is law and order. And for you. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So that's what I did. I didn't I I didn't didn't even know where to move. And I had my food blog already. I had started my food blog a year earlier. So I was active on social media. I was embarrassed. I wasn't ready to tell people. So I did nothing until I was ready to talk about it. And then once I did, um I was actually surprised by 
kind of like the outpouring of support on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter's so lovely for, for that. It Like the most it, random it can moments, be. you know? It's like, wow, this place yeah. is really trashy, but sometimes... It has its its moments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was lucky that I had, you know, I had just started developing a little bit of a following from my blog. So I had some people that were kind of in my corner and... Um, they were more excited than I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was kind of taken aback that they were so um, happy for me. What's What's the first dish that you made and served for your folks, your friends, your family that had people saying like, oh, okay, so you can like cook, cook, like for real, for real. <laughs> Do you remember that dish, what it was? Uh, <laughs> the first one that I remember making consistently uh, was mac and cheese. I, I used to follow Patty LaBelle's recipe it was the, um, the over the rainbow mac and cheese. It was the custard style, had five different cheeses, and I really thought I was doing something. <laughs> but <laughs> that was the first like contribution um, to family gatherings uh, that I, you know, was I used to be asked to make the mac and cheese. Um, so that was like the cornerstone of like my experience doing like family um, family meals. Ugh, what an honor. I can, people ask me if I can cook, and my answer is always, I know how to not starve, which clearly, <laughs> you look at me, you can see that I be eating. But I'm intrigued by the by the description of this uh, Patty LaBelle mac and cheese, though. I have to go in, in search of that recipe. I made that version for years until I learned how to make a, a bechamel sauce and then started using a different technique. But mm-hmm. it was always, like, the first one that I learned, like, how to blend cheeses and play with the seasonings, you know, that was that was what I learned on. A thing that I know and that I experienced in working for everybody, <laughs> but my last job in particular, is how important validation is when you're like doing a job and you're busting your ass and you're doing your very, very best every day. And to never hear, you know, hey, I see you or hey, good job or mm-hmm. hey, thanks for your contributions. Do you feel that now? Like has has your decision to change jobs and change industries like do you find that you that that need for validation is now there yeah I, I feel appreciated you know I, I don't I don't think I ever felt that and I, I validation is something I wasn't getting at home either I don't think I grew up with somebody mm. like constantly patting me on the back you know unless I did very specific things you know if I got good grades then but it was more of like this is what you're expected to do versus like you're being rewarded for going above and beyond. Mm -hmm. And the work that I do in social media, I get immediate feedback within seconds of posting something. Um, It can become, it can become addictive. Mm -hmm. There's like this (laughs) downside to like, you know, like constantly needing that validation. Um, I have fallen into that when I'm not at my, in my best um, state of mind. I think, that validation can start to kind of fill like this void. Um, you have to check yourself. Like it's, it's something I appreciate now. It's not. It's not what makes me get up every morning, mm-hmm. but it's nice. Yeah. So you still you've got all of this stuff going on internally, externally, and if no one else understands this part of the struggle, Lord knows I do. What was the moment, if there was one moment, where you were like, okay, I'm gonna pursue cooking full time? One was just finding the strength to like get back in the kitchen. So now I'm home, and I was finally getting some kind of strength to, like, just be up during the day, and I was getting my appetite back. So I got back in the kitchen, you know, and I took advantage of, like, having the time. For the first time, I wasn't working. So I had the whole day to cook, and that's what I did. And I I just poured myself into my blog. Mm -hmm. So the first thing for me was, like, 
I'm actually happy. I could stand on my feet for eight hours a day, and I'm happy. Aww. I'm not stressed. You know, I'm creating. I'm, I'm helping other people learn how to cook. It was fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that was the first sign that was like, maybe I should figure out a way to do something that I actually enjoy. But it was the money part. It was, you know, like, how do, how do I— how do I make money? So I was, yeah. I had to learn how to monetize my blog. Um, mm-hmm. The first couple opportunities I got to do a sponsored post, I still, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, <laughs> I didn't know how to value my work, how to price it. Right. Um, I think I, I, I took the first contract I got was fifty dollars to to write a recipe for a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't even enough to cover the ingredients, but receiving fifty dollars was like, oh my gosh, like I can get paid to do this. You yeah. know, it, it was yeah. like it was exciting. There was a lot of validation on social media. Yeah. Um, that was important to me back then because it was like it was the opposite of what I experienced at work. You know, at work, I never got positive feedback. When you do little things like nobody cares, when you do big things and you mess up, you'll hear about it from everybody. Ooh. On social media, you know, it was every day I was getting feedback, positive feedback. The first major opportunity I got was cooking for the roots, who I met Black Thought through Twitter, and he. Oh, the roots, like my favorite band, like the, the band, roots. yeah. <laughs> okay, I see the, the roots, flex. yeah. And uh, he was tracking me down because he was he heard about my sweet potato pies, wow. And he was like, "I need to get some pies. How can I? How can we arrange this?" And it, I was, you know, I'm working out of my parents' kitchen. Like, I, I don't have a bakery. I, I, I couldn't do what he was asking for at the time. But, I, but he said, "Well, how about?" We have this show coming up. Maybe you could cook some food for the show. And I said, okay, I can do that. It was dope. You know, I just, I never, um, it was starting to become like more than I had imagined. So one of the things that I, I appreciate now is that I don't feel like there's a ceiling on what I can make or what I can go after. When I was an accountant, I felt very limited and like how far can I keep pursuing this? You know, there were like very real barriers in place. And now, um, of course, there's a barrier in the sense of I have to be able to fund these ideas. That's not easy. But I can go as far as I choose to. You know, whatever I choose to go after, there's nobody stopping me. I'm the only person that can really get in the way of myself right now. I wish that I could just ask so many more questions because I see so many parallels in your story and my story and the story of pretty much every Black woman that I know. Angela, thank you so, so very much for chit-chatting with me. It was nice talking to you. (laughs) You as well. I loved talking to Angela because I really, really could relate. Getting fired just really brings you to some dark places sometimes. Am I right? Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, didn't want the t-shirt, tried to give it to somebody that I didn't like. They probably still have it. Anyway, you know who I can count on in my darkest of darkest times? My homegirls. I feel so at home with them. I feel like I can tell them absolutely anything. So we gathered over some good old food and some good old drinks, and we talked about moments where we were too embarrassed to ask for help and why. Cheers! Cheers! I struggle, you guys. I'm going to be honest, full transparency. I struggle. Um, I don't have a problem asking people for help, like, physically in front of me. But, like, I think my people always assume because I have a strong personality and, like, I'm, I seem more, like, self-assured. 
that like I don't need help and so I get treated like that a lot and so like in my head I feel like oh like I'm supposed to be able to like handle all of these things like whether it's feelings or like an actual situation I'm in um and then like I don't ask for help as much as I should but I've been working on that the last like probably year or so and I've been just like being more open to like being not weaker but being vulnerable is this the curse of the strong black woman like everybody's it is that you don't need any help yeah that's real i think it's just about asking the right people for help and like i would always feel like i would be a burden on someone or that someone would throw it back in my face later but um, mm. like the past year, I've been better at asking people outside of my family for help and no one's done that at all. Yeah, everyone's yeah. like, oh, what do you need? Yeah, what? they're okay, like, you, but it's the same as sure. what you said, Danny. They're like, it's the catch 22 of being like a strong like black woman. It's like, you need help? It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm a human being. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Going Through It is an original series made in partnership by MailChimp and Pineapple Street Studios. Executive producers for Going Through It are Jenna Weiss-Berman, Max Linsky, and Agaranesh Ashagre. Shout out to the producers of Going Through It. Our lead producer is Josh Gwynn. Production by Jess Jupiter and Emmanuel Hapsis with production support by Janelle Anderson. Our editor is the perpetually poppin' Leela Day. Also, thanks to the voices that you heard sound off in the episode today. Let's roll those names. I'm Akila. I'm Maya. I'm Danny. Our original music is by Dawood Anthony. Our engineer is Hannes Brown. And special, special thanks to Eleanor Kagan for being the alpha, the originator, the one who started it all. Stay in touch. You can find me on Twitter and all the things at Broken McPoverty, spelled like it sounds. Tell all your friends about the show. Make sure that you rate and subscribe to Going Through It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever free podcasts are sold. And that's our show. We'll see you next week. Please come back. I'll be sad and alone if you don't. It is, Augie, it is. I will come through this window. You hear me? I'm fed up. This is my uh uh-uh moment. I'm having it right now.